Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die-hard oversharer. Someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of We Gotta Talk with Sunny. I am Sunny. And I'm so glad you are here today. We have Juicy Topic Central on um, the podcast slash talk show today. And it's something that I feel like a lot of uh, women (laughs) will identify with. We're going to bring on a pelvic floor therapist. She has a master in physical therapy. Her name is Marina Castellanos, and she specializes in pelvic floor health. So you're going to want to stick around for that. We have a little bit coming up before the interview, but we're going to talk not only about why you pee when you sneeze or like me pee when you jump on the trampoline with your kids and also throw out your neck, but that's a different story. (laughs) Um, She's going to break down why pelvic floor health is vital, not only to issues that we sort of associate with, with childbirth, bladder control, but also things like digestion and overall body health. It's fascinating. And frankly, when I found out how many things that pelvic floor health impacts, I knew we had to dig into this topic. So that's going to come up in a second. First, though, I thought we would introduce a fun new segment on the show where I get to talk to you guys a little bit more. You know, I'm super passionate about interviewing people and bringing you great information. And frankly, sometimes I feel a little self-indulgent when I talk a little too much about myself. It's the journalist in me. I spent 15 years in TV news and was always told to just, you know, shut up and report. But it's fun getting to know you guys outside of these amazing people that I interview. So um, we're going to try something fun and new. And I have a producer here who has been working with me for a while that's going to hop on in a second and introduce herself and kind of be part of the cast. So really quickly, um, I have to give a quick shout out. I am wearing earrings today. If you're listening on the podcast, you got to go to our, our show and watch this because you won't see these, obviously. Um, Facebook.com slash we got to talk. I'm wearing the cutest earrings today by an amazing friend and designer. It's called Weekend Wayfair, and my friend Helen started it. And um, it's a company, they do like a lot of bags, actually really pretty evening clutches and travel bags and yada, yada, but she's getting into accessories and how cute are these? Anyway. Shout out Weekend Wayfair. You can check them out on Instagram and I will put it in show notes as well. But I always love to support um, strong, smart women on the podcast. All right. So let's try this uh, new segment that I've been wanting to do for a while. I'm going to bring on producer Rachel. Rachel, we talked um, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, you know, I really want to do a part of the podcast and show where I can sort of like open up a little bit and share things that are important. And you and I work together in news for forever. You were my 10 PM producer when I was the anchor. And um, so we know each other and I'm just so glad you're willing to, to pop on with me for a minute. Oh my gosh, of course. It's like so fun for the first time we get to be like on air together sort of while most of the time I'm just behind the scenes with you, but uh, this is fun. I know you have to tell everybody the story. Uh, about the mammogram boob sticker. We were talking uh, on the phone about the show and you're like, 
oh my God, I have a sticker on my boob. What is this? And like, it, I was like, we have to talk about this on the show. Yeah. So tell everybody what happened. Yeah, so this is apropos because it's still Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. And I've been all over my Instagram stories sharing the fact that I'm getting a mammogram. We have a little bit of a family history. So I'm only 39, but which is like technically ahead of the, the guidelines on when they start recommending you get a yearly mammogram. But I've been doing it. It's my second year. I was talking to Rachel and I reached over and I was like, what's itchy on my boob? It was a sticker. I had a mammogram and I told Rachel, I wonder if anybody else has had this type of experience. Um, it's like a really personal thing, right? When someone when you're topless in front of a stranger. And I was like, you were like, how was it? How was it? And I was like, you know, it was okay. And I'm not one to really care like who sees <laughs> who sees what at a doctor's office. I've had three kids. Everything has been everywhere. But she was like super aggressive in like getting my my boob into the machine. I told Rachel, I was like, it felt like a little bit violating. Like I get that this is your job and you're trying to be as clinical as possible, but there was a complete lack of warmth. There was like really short, stilted answers to questions. There was like, she was like moving my body. I was like, which way do I go? And then when you get nervous, I was like really stiff. It was just, it was not the most pleasant experience. Yeah, I think it's such a specific situation with the mammogram and your history. And like, obviously everybody goes in a little anxious and concerned, like, is there going to be something wrong with me? And then to have somebody just like manhandling your tit is a little <laughs> like, whoa, like, I mean, it's to be expected, right? It was, it was too but much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I appreciate she was doing her job. I know she sees naked people all day. Like it's really not you know, that big of a deal. But I was like, I wonder if anyone else has had this experience. Like, not that I wanted her like wine and dine me before she smashed my breast in the machine. But I was like, maybe, maybe you smile because this is like a really compromising position for me and everybody else that comes in. Or acknowledge so. it like off the bat, like, hey, I'm going to be a little rough here and just like bear with me. I know this is uncomfortable. Boom, yes. done. Then you could be like, oh. Yes, break the ice. And you know, I was asking a question. She was really, you know, I'm trying to come from a hashtag judgment free zone. Maybe she had a bad morning. I was the first patient of the day. I know that. But, you know, just come a on. reminder even if you have a really nasty tech, get your boobs checked in October, <laughs> make your mammogram. And thank God everything's fine, knock on wood. So, yeah. And, and do your home exams too. You know, yes, we'll do your home exams. Get familiar with your sisters. Um, I love this story, this next story you found, Rach. Can I know. you find the picture so we can look yes. while we talk? Okay, so yes. let me give you the backstory. The picture you're seeing right now is the Prime Minister of what? Finland. Finland. Okay, yeah. and she's under 35, right? Or around 35? Under 35. Uh, her name is Sana Marine. And this is a picture of her that she. Uh, did for a magazine, um, trendy magazine, and she's not wearing a shirt. If you are um, looking at the video, you can see she's shirtless in a nice blazer that's very classy. Right. And this was for a fashion magazine, and people are starting to question how well she can do her job because of this photo, and it's caused like a, a hashtag to start trending called hashtag I'm with Sana, and women are taking photos of themselves in blazers without a bra or a shirt on. Right. And I mean, is this sexist? Is this not sexist where people are saying she can't do her job because she's 
showing off her cleavage. I mean, I have thoughts. Like, what do you think? If you're looking at this picture, by the way, if you're listening on the podcast, it's probably about she's, you know, not just objectively not a, a huge chested woman. So it's not like you're seeing a lot of real estate around the breast. You're just seeing this is like the boob show. What is this? <laughs> I know it is. Like, you know, it's probably a good four inches above her navel, but the line, the V of the blazer is clearly like under where her bust line is. Uh, gosh, I have so many thoughts on this, Rach. And I know this is not going to make a lot of people happy. Uh, I'm not offended. She's gorgeous. I completely think you can be beautiful, young, and incredibly capable. I think you can lead a modern nation just fine. Would I have suggested this to her? If I were her aide, probably not. You know, I did stupid things and like, you know, I was in publications that weren't quite like that. But when I was starting out in news and I remember my news director being like, you know, just like add digitally add a sleeve on just in case and trying to kind of protect me from that type of backlash. I don't, I don't think it's a smart decision to, I know that sounds rude. I, I don't think it takes away anything from her and her capabilities. And I'm with her. I'm all for us um, treating our bodies, how we believe is proper. But what it does is it introduces, it opens the door to too much criticism when there are bigger issues. If this were not a pandemic, if this were not a time when global conversation were more important than ever, I would say go for it. You know, if, if the economy were great and, and you know, US-Europe relations were, were wonderful and there was like, there's just no dearth of tragedy and controversy right now. And I feel like maybe the timing was off. I don't know. Yeah, I think timing was definitely a little off. I I do, gosh, I mean, a prime minister, it's not like she's, God, it's so hard. It's so not hard to say. Yes, she's not, you know, she is the face of that country, essentially. Yeah, but like, here's, no, the, okay. here's the thought I have, like, about the flip side. Like, so she's young and beautiful in this photo, and there's, argument that you can't take her seriously. So let's reverse that. If you're old and ugly, let's just say, even though like probably this is all very not PC, does that mean then you are taken serious? And like, what does what you're yeah. wearing have anything to do? It's not like she's in Playboy. It's not like she's a right. centerfold. Like, right. should it really matter? I don't know. Like, I think, er so Erica Nardini, who's the CEO of Barstool Sports, she, um, had posted this and I follow her cause I really respect her as a, as a businesswoman. And she's notorious for wearing a t-shirt and jeans to the office with a ponytail. And like, she makes this company millions and millions of dollars and has grown their business wearing, you know, a t-shirt and jeans. So does that matter? Do people respect her more or less? I don't think so. I respect her regardless of what she's wearing. Sure. I think, and I, I totally hear all that. I think people can be capable regardless of their outward appearance. It's just that, it sounds so old fashioned. If you're trying to do a job, this is this is horrible. I mean, it's so much like, so no, much. No. I just think um, if you know the deck is stacked, we are working on sexism in the world. We are working on um, all the issues related to the equal treatment of women. Mm -hmm. um, I just think there's a time and a place, you know, and if it were, uh, if it were a different time and we had other things or a lack of these serious issues to focus on, I can see it. I mean, like I said, she's completely capable. In fact, I think young politicians and leaders are what we need right now. But I do feel like she needs to like, you know, give a little talking to, to her like assistant or someone who like sat down and powwowed and was like, yes, this is great. 
I mean, you know, it's just the timing is off. I think the timing yeah. is off. I do, you know, and she's gorgeous and she's beautiful and all that yes. stuff. But timing, not great considering the state of the world. However, like what, when is there ever a good time? That's when true. is there ever a good time to just say like, I get to be me and this is a fashion magazine and prime ministers can be sexy and beautiful too. Like, I think that's sort of where some of the basis of this argument, not necessarily mm -hmm. argument, but standpoint is coming yeah. from. However, I struggle with that too of, of, in my, some of the other projects I work on, as you know, are in a male dominated world. And I am hypersensitive to not ever dress sexual and not ever show cleavage. And that's not fair either, you know? Right. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of going through a personal evolution here. I'm with Sana now is what I'm trying to say. Sana, we both are. if you're leading your country and better than we are right now, then I'm, I mean, it could be a goldfish leading the country in Finland with, whatever. And it, as long as they're doing a great job, I guess, you know, um, I agree. Such a good, good talker. Okay. Good great. Story. Let us know what you guys think too. Um, <laughs> you know, drop some comments and let us know if you're with Sana or not. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it to you now. I'm going to disappear back into my world. Yes. Rach. I love you. Thank you so much. Bye. Before we get started with Marina, who is our expert in pelvic floor health today, I want to talk about a sponsor that I am so, so excited about, Vitamin and Me. So you can kind of think of Vitamin, vitamin and Me as like a match.com for vitamins. They have a, a specific and unique quiz that you take on their site. And what they do is they match you up with already existing and great vitamin manufacturers that they have relationships with and help you come up with a customized supplement plan that is perfect for you. Okay. Here's what's even more awesome about this. This was founded by a Johns Hopkins educated nutritionist and public health expert, also a mom, Jessica Houston, who says, you know what? I became really concerned about the quality of vitamins that I was taking when I became pregnant. And so she decided to do something about it. So that's where vitamin and me comes from. Here is how it works. You go to their website, you take a short quiz, you get your specific list of recommendations. And here's the cool part. If you have any questions about this, you're able to communicate with partners under their program, members of their staff to help you pick the vitamins that are perfect for you. You pick your delivery schedule and they send the supplements right to your door. And unlike other vitamin services, they actually have options for kids too. So for my kids, I got the Pure Encapsulations Pure Nutrients Gummy. I'm going to show you this because why not? We're on video. These are little gummies. They get two a day. They eat them. They love them. Life is great. I am on three right now from Vitamin Me that I've been loving. If you know me, you know I love a good supplement. The Complete Trace um, Trace Minerals Complete Foods Multi. I'm on an omega-3 mini and a lysine. So they customize those recommendations for me based on the results of my quiz. And here's the great part. They're actually offering you guys a huge, huge discount. So if you want to go through and get your own specific supplement recommendations from the team of experts at Vitamin Me, all you have to do, go to their website, go through the whole process, and enter the code We Gotta Talk. 30 to take 30% off of your first order of vitamins. And these are high quality vitamins that have already been tested and on the market for quite some time. So they're not a manufacturer. They don't have their own blends. They have relationships with companies that they have vetted and done the research on. So you know you're getting matched up with the perfect supplements for not only you, but also your family. Again, it's vitaminandme.com. 
We got to talk 30 for 30% off of your first order of vitamins. So a huge, huge thank you to Vitamin and Me for sponsoring this episode. You will hear me talk about them much, much more in the future as well. Okay, so let's get to the interview for today's episode of We Gotta Talk. So excited about this. We have Marina Castellanos, who has been a physical therapist in Westchester, New York for 20 years. She specializes in pelvic health for women and children. She is a new mom herself. She is extremely passionate about working with women. And she also is the host of her own podcast. It's called Pelvic Matters, which is a show dedicated to raising awareness and discussing taboo topics, which is why we love her because we are all about taboo topics here on We Gotta Talk. Marina, thank you so, so much for being a guest today on We Gotta Talk. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. How old's your um, your child as a new mom? So I still call myself a new mom. She's 14 months and oh. I still feel like I'm still very much new to this. <laughs> I know, girl, I don't even know if it ever gets easier. I'm not necessarily well, well into it. My oldest mm -hmm. is seven, but uh, it's, it's it remains a mystery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you came on because this topic of like, we joke as moms, like I pee when I sneeze now, mm -hmm. but I had no idea how many other health issues that pelvic floor health was related to in the body, digestion, sexual health. Mm -hmm. I mean, just so, so much. What spurred you to specialize in this? Right. So I've been a PT for 20 years. So I started out in pediatrics. Um, and in 2014, 2015, I ended up switching specialties to pelvic health, um, really out of my own personal situation. I ended up having my own um, pelvic floor dysfunction and pelvic pain that prompted me to go for my own therapy. And through my own rehab process, I just really wanted to learn more about this specialty um, from a physical therapist standpoint. So I started taking classes and the more I learned, just the more I really grew to love it. And I said, you know, I think I want to do this. Um, so then from that point on, I just decided to start my own practice and I've been doing that ever since. So I made the switch really out of just my own personal experience. What is the number one issue that women say when they come to seek your services? Is it the pee when I jump or the pee when I sneeze or <laughs> what? Is I, I would say that's probably the number one thing that finally prompts them to come and get help. It's really, um, you know, a, probably a severe amount of urinary leakage or they've been leaking with exercise, you know, and it's been happening for a while and it didn't go away and they're just kind of fed up and they said, you know, you know, I need to get some help for this. Yes. I mean, God, like I'm, I pride myself on being pretty candid and I have to say, I, I cannot do a jumping jack these days without having a, like, I'm like, what happened to me? And I am three years out from my last child. My, my youngest, my third is now three years old. I'm like, okay, so this doesn't get better on its own, I guess is what I'm hearing you say. Right. So a lot of people think it'll get better with time um, or that it's normal if it doesn't get better because, you know, I'm sure you've heard, you know, maybe older generations of women talking about that this happened to them after they've had babies. Um, you hear friends talk about it. So it's something that's common, but it doesn't mean that it's normal. And really leaking urine at any time really isn't normal. So aside from when you are new, really newly postpartum, um, in those first few weeks, um, you might experience some leakage because you're still healing. And then beyond that point, if you have urinary leakage that keeps persisting, say, you know, at three months, six months, a year, like the longer it goes on, um, the more it's likely to persist. We keep hearing that Kegels or Kegels, I don't know how you say them, are like the answer here, but I don't think that works. <laughs> I don't think that's No, <laughs> no. And really, I think the only thing that people know about the pelvic floor are Kegels. So mm -hmm. that's the only thing that they've ever heard about when somebody talks about the pelvic floor. They say, oh, yeah, just do your Kegels. But the problem with that is that 
pelvic floor health is so much more than Kegels and Kegels aren't for everybody. And usually in my experience professionally, people do Kegels incorrectly. That's interesting. You know, tell me how we're supposed to be doing them. I just had this conversation with a friend and she told me I'm clenching like the wrong parts of my body. So can you tell us what it should be? Right. Right. So I think to really, you know, to understand what you're supposed to do, you have to understand what a Kegel is and the pelvic floor is. So the pelvic floor refers to the hammock of muscles that run from our pubic bone in the front to our tailbone in the back. So it has, you know, multiple functions. Um, and one of those being our continence so that we don't leak urine or gas or feces. Um, it's a pretty important function, right? So for us, yeah. So for us to be able um, to maintain that function, we do have to have strength in our pelvic floor muscles. We also have to have flexibility and coordination. So if somebody doesn't know how to exactly contract their pelvic floor muscles correctly, um, you know, they might have issues with their continence and some other some other functions of the pelvic floor. Um, but really, what people tend to do is they tend to squeeze their buttocks, they tend to squeeze their abdominals or their inner thigh muscles, and that's not a pure Kegel. Um, you may get some contraction in the pelvic floor by doing those things, but really to do a true Kegel or pelvic floor contraction, um, we're just talking about squeezing the muscles of the pelvic floor. And really the best way um, that I can describe it is if somebody were to attempt to pick up a blueberry um, with their pelvic floor um, and pull it up and into the body. So it sounds very weird and very strange, but that's really, you know, kind of the best cue that I could give is somebody, you know, just verbally without actually doing a check on them myself. Um, doing a manual assessment is definitely much easier to teach somebody how to do a key because There's much more feedback and education I can give them. I'm pick, I'm trying to picture blueberry and I'm thinking, yep. where, what would I have to do to get that blueberry? Right. Up? Right. I feel like, um, yes, I'm sure when you get in and get hands on someone and help mm -hmm. them understand what's going on with their body, that's huge. And like, I'm hearing you talking, I'm like, my God, I don't know why it didn't, it didn't occur to me to think of working on this stuff earlier. I mean, even if it's not that bad, which it's not, will it get worse over time if this is something that women don't address? Possibly. Um, there's women who don't have any symptoms in those first few years after having children, but you know, years later, decades later down the road, then they're dealing with urinary leakage, pelvic organ prolapse, which means some of the organs of the body feel like they're descending into the vaginal canal and out of the body fecal incontinence, gas incontinence, then there's all other issues that suddenly when maybe when a woman is in her 50s and 60s and beyond, she's like, you know what, I never had this before and I have it now. And it really could be just related to her postpartum um, care that she didn't have. That's insane. Tell us the myriad of health issues that our pelvic floor health is related to. I think you touched on a couple. It could impact digestion in some ways. We, of course, always hear about it in relation to sexual health as yes. well. I, I'm sure there's more that we're missing. Yeah. So really the other functions of the pelvic floor, it plays a big role in our core support system. So when you think about your core, a lot of people think about the abdominals, like the six pack of abs that you see in somebody's, um, the front of their body. But really, our true core support system is made up of those abdominals in the front, but also our breathing muscle, the, the respiratory diaphragm, our back muscles, and our pelvic floor. They make up our abdominals almost like a canister. So if the pelvic floor isn't functioning to the best of its ability and correctly, then it's going to affect the rest of that abdominal canister. You could have back pain, hip pain, 
Um, and you combine that with all the other postural changes of pregnancy. And this happens too when people who haven't had children. Um, pelvic floor dysfunction is not exclusive to only women. Um, you know, children and men get it as well. Um, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So, and then the other functions are, you know, really, as I was saying before, you know, pelvic organ prolapse that comes when your pelvic floor can't really support the organs of the body anymore. And in females, that includes the rectum, uh, the uterus, and the bladder. Um, so there's, there's a few different functions that the pelvic floor has. And of course, sexual health, like you were talking about, sexual functioning and pleasure. I got and have not yet used a Kegel bell because I heard it on another podcast. I was like, well, this sounds great. Then when you like get it out of the box, you're like, eh, I don't know that I'm ready to like try to tackle pelvic floor health on my own. Mm -hmm. Is it something, and, and this is not specific to that product in general. I've actually heard incredible reviews about that, but is this something that if you get a treatment plan through a professional, you can do at home or should people be doing this only while they're in the company of an actual physical therapist? So I always say it's best to get checked out by a pelvic floor therapist first, if you can. If you can do it in person, great. If you can't, you can do it one-on-one -on -one virtually with somebody um, in your state where they're licensed. Um, so really having that one-to-one -one guidance is so important. And then they can take you step-by-step -step through what you're supposed to do for your unique circumstances. Because um, really, if you're just tackling things on your own, you might think that you need to do Kegels, but maybe in actuality, you have a tight pelvic floor. Um, that's causing your leakage. So then Kegels wouldn't be indicated at that time. Wow. Okay. What is the craziest story you heard in all of the years that you have been treating people? The craziest story. Oh my goodness. There's so many crazy stories, but not, not so many, not so much crazy. It's just stories that make me shake my head and go, Oh, like, you know, why? Like this was preventable and this was just a lack of education. So I think it's more, um, you know, frustrating to hear. And it's mostly for women who had babies and they went back to exercise. They went back to doing maybe a physical job. Maybe they work as an ENT and they have to do heavy lifting. And they were told, you know, after their initial six week healing that they were good to go to resume their activities. Um, but weren't taught how to correctly lift and how to do things to protect their pelvic floor while they're at work, while they're caring for their babies, um, you know, whatever else they're doing, returning to activities, returning to intercourse. So it's frustrating that there's that lack of education right now um, because women don't automatically go see a pelvic floor physical therapist after childbirth like they do in a couple of other countries. Um, oh, so wow. I would say that's the most um, craziest thing, really frustrating thing is that some things I see really could have been preventable with just some simple education. Um, and then it becomes a much more um, drawn out situation that we have to tackle. Yeah. If someone is trying to address any of these issues, do you ever give them like a timeline of how long it's going to take to get things like back up and running? And do you have to continue to do this type of therapy in order to maintain that? So that's such a good question. And everybody asks me that, you know, when they first come to see me and really after I see somebody for the first time, I'll have a better idea of how long they'll need actual intervention for. And then in terms of maintenance, you know, what I'd like to tell people is, you know, if you go to the gym every day for a year and you build a great muscle tone and muscle strength, then what happens if you decide to skip the gym every day for a year? What's going to happen to that muscle strength? What's going to happen to that tone and coordination that you would just work so hard on? So maybe somebody doesn't have to continue working so religiously as they do in the beginning, um, but there are, there's always going to be a certain amount of maintenance that you have to you know, do for your body, including your pelvic floor. 
it, it, hearing you talk, it's just one other thing to be kind of shocked and in some cases frustrated about when, when we talk about the experience of motherhood and um, even just, just, just being a woman, there's so many health issues issues that are specific to the makeup of our bodies and the way we bring children into this world that like men don't have to deal with, obviously. And I'm like, how did I miss the memo on this? I feel like every year of my life, I feel like, oh wait, no one ever talked about this after having kids that this happens or even not after having kids that this is something you have to think about. I mean, it's it's hard not to get frustrated with, with a health system who's history has not really lined women up with all the things that we really and truly need. I'm sure you you deal with that shock and that frustration yourself being in that practice. Right. I think, um, you know, our healthcare system is very reactive, not proactive. So just by having some basic education, um, you know, as we get older and again, not just, you know, women who've had babies, but anybody, um, anybody gets older, just, you know, being educated about pelvic health changes, that happen and what you should do. And then for women who've had babies, just how to go about returning to life afterwards. Um, you know, there's no, there's really no such thing as bouncing back after a baby, you know, that doesn't exist. So um, there's definitely a period of time after that initial healing that women do have to be a little more on the aware side and a little bit cautious. And, you know, it's not exactly the right time to go back to running marathons Maybe mm -hmm. it's not the right time to go back to your CrossFit routine at six weeks. Um, so just having some guidance and some education really goes a long way. So do you recommend for new moms that they withhold from that more high impact exercise for a certain period of time after childbirth, even if it's a C-section? And then the follow-up question is, if so, for how long? Right. So a C-section still affects the pelvic floor and a C-section is a major abdominal surgery. So that in and of itself requires you know, other management, other education um, with a therapist. So what I tell women, um, you know, for them to go back to doing certain like quote unquote hardcore exercises, you know, I want to see some simpler exercises done first with good form and without any symptoms like urinary leakage. So if you're telling me that, um, you know, maybe a minor, you know, jump is causing you leakage, then are you going to be able to do like a two foot box jump? Um, right. You know, well, so it's really just building things up slowly according to, you know, how the person is doing. And what are some of those basic exercises? I know that there are people who are trying to do a little like work at home or maybe they're not comfortable going into like a medical setting just yet. Can you run us through some specifics of some good things that we can do at home to sort of get back our pelvic health? Sure. I mean, really, it's back to basics. Um, good nutrition. You want to have a really soft and mushy stool. You know, poop matters. So you want to take a look at um, what's coming out of your body and make sure it looks okay. If it's hard to have a bowel movement, that's definitely a surefire sign that you have pelvic floor dysfunction. You want to take a look at, you know, how often are you urinating? What is the color of your urine? Are you getting enough hydration? Um, and just really walking. Walking is so great for your pelvic floor mobility and for your hip mobility and everything else in your body. Um, and the number one thing I give to probably everybody um, is really breathing, just working on getting some deep breathing into your belly, into your ribs, because that's going to have a direct effect on your pelvic floor, whether it's weak or whether it's tight, um, because our pelvic floor movement and coordination is directly related to our breathing. So for someone who is ready to start this journey and get their pelvic floor health back on track, um, I, I'm guessing your, your first suggestion is to connect with a professional, right? What do we search for when we're looking for someone in our area that can help us? 
Right. So you want to search for a public floor physical therapist who, depending on your, um, you know, your situation. So if you're postpartum, you want to see a public floor physical therapist who works with postpartum females. If you're pregnant, you want to seek one that works with um, women who are pregnant. So there's all these different like subspecialties within the specialty of pelvic health. There's people who purely specialize in pelvic pain and endometriosis, things like that. So you want to just see um, the background that the therapist has um, that you're looking into and explain to them, you know, your situation, what you're looking for help with um, and take it from there. You see that it's a good match and then you go in for that first session. I mean, it does, it, it does honestly feel like one more thing we have to do. We just did a whole segment leading into this interview about mammograms. It's just like, we have so mm -hmm. much track of Marina. It just it doesn't seem. I know. I know. And I think that's um, such a great point. And people have told me that from time to time, you know, when they say, you know, how come it took you so long to come in? And they say, you know, we're moms, we just muddled through. And now that I'm a mom, I totally understand that. Um, you know, we tend to put ourselves and our health issues and needs on the back burner. So it really just becomes a point of you know, prioritizing that list of what we have to do for ourselves and get done. Um, because really what we do now affects us down the road. So mm -hmm. um, like I was saying before, you know, things like urinary leakage, you know, maybe they'll go away in six to eight weeks, maybe it won't. And then maybe you're going to have it for the rest of your life. And then you'll be looking years down the road to get some help. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and being very candid about this topic because it's so important. I'm really excited about your podcast. I can't wait to hear about it. Can you tell us a little bit, little bit about what you guys are going to be covering specifically and where we can listen? Sure. So the title is Pelvic Matters. It's on iTunes. It's on all the major um, podcast platforms. So you can listen to it anywhere. And really, I just wanted to have a place to raise awareness and have just honest and open discussions about public floor health issues that we don't normally discuss out loud, like painful sex, um, you know, tight pelvic floors, postpartum issues, um, all of those things that you don't really hear, you know, many of us talking about. Um, so I really, I want a place that, you know, women can go to and, you know, for themselves, for their children, whoever it is, and just say, you know what, I have this, I'm not alone, I'm gonna find somebody to help me. Well, I'm really excited. I feel like this is kicking me into gear to like. Oh, find good. Yeah, I don't want to pee when I'm everything. So thank you, Marina. And tell us too where we can find you online. I know you're in Westchester, New York. So anyone yes. who's located there can actually work with you. Um, yes. How can we find you online? So on my Instagram handle is Marina C. Pelvic PT. And my website is www.marinacpt.com. Marina, thank you so, so much for coming All on. Right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, guys. I seriously feel like um, this has spurred me into action. I'm going to call um, someone around here. This is a topic that I've been wanting to cover for so long. So I'm grateful that Marina came on and shed some light on it. I want to bring back in producer Rachel to wrap things up. I wanted to ask um, Mar Marina, what are the treatments for, like, if you have pelvic health issues like is this something you do like a physical exercise do you take medications like can I bring her back in Sunny I was so yes. curious okay of course so how like what are the treatments if you have some of this like pee because let me just say I was walking and I sneezed and I peed a little and I'm not afraid to admit this live on your show Sunny but and I have not had kids um, and I was like, oh my God, I need to know what's wrong with me. And like, what do I do? So 
Right. So what you're, what you're really asking me is what is a pelvic floor therapist going to do for you? Yeah. So, um, so if you went to see a pelvic floor therapist in person, um, you know, you should see somebody who does pretty much a head to toe assessment, looking at your posture, looking at your overall strength and ruling out any other um, issues anywhere else in the body that can be contributing to your symptoms. Um, in terms of the actual public floor exam, um, you know, what I do with women is everything is done very gently. There's no stirrups, there's no speculums, not like going to see the OB. Um, so really just doing a manual, yes, I know, sigh of relief. Um, so really what I do is just by doing a simple internal, like with a finger and asking a woman to, you know, show me your squeeze, squeeze the pelvic floor, squeeze my finger and seeing how well they contract. If there's any tenderness there, I can look for that. And I say, oh, you know, that hurts. And I say, okay, we need to work on um, getting this muscle to relax a little bit and loosen up and then going through strategies like that in session, giving them things to work on at home. If it's really a case of just getting pure pelvic floor contractions, which it rarely is, I find that I rarely have a case like that where they just need pelvic floor contractions. There's usually something else that's contributing to it. Um, but whatever it is, you know, we work on it in session. I always give the patient um, some kind of exercise to do at home, whether it's you know, hip stretching, maybe some yoga poses, doing those pelvic floor contractions, maybe doing some breath work and abdominal contraction. So it just, it just depends on, you know, your own case and, you know, why you need the work. So it's not like a tool or like, so I'm, I'm imagining like when you hear physical therapists, right, you're thinking like, uh, it's like stretchy bands. And yeah, no. like, that. like I'm like, <laughs> the you... only time that I would ever instruct somebody in putting something external um, through the vagina into the vagina is maybe if they have tightness and they need to use like a dilator or something to do some self stretching at home. Um, I'm not a huge fan of vaginal weights. Um, I'm not a huge fan of um, sticking things, sticking external things into your vagina. Um, you know, they all have their purpose at some point, um, you know, vaginal weights and so forth. But usually by, you know, that point where somebody I think is ready for the weights, like they're, they're not really seeing me anymore. They're, they're good to go. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for answering. Non-mother sure. there, right? <laughs> not the moms of three. I don't yeah. think I don't think that would end well for me. Um, all right, Marina, thank you again so much. I'm glad you brought that perspective on too, because there are people that kids, and yes, this is that's what we're here to do is sort of destigmatize this, and this happens. Our bodies age, our bodies change, and um, that was actually a really enlightening, like little add-on segment there. So thank you. Yeah. I have a lot to talk to my doctor about, like <laughs> from my pelvic floor to just, you know, our oh, boobs, yeah. like we were talking about at the beginning, you know, you, I go in and always get my yearly um, checkup because regardless of my, you know, I'm healthy and I think that's just really important to, you mm -hmm. know. And we just, did an episode yeah. on proactive health. I was so glad to hear Marina mention that. She said all mm -hmm. medicine becoming more proactive. We did that episode a few weeks back with Dr. Olga Ivanov, who is the breast cancer surgeon, who is sort of founding this whole principle of proactive health. And her whole thing is IV therapy and intravenous um, supplementation. Um, and, and I just love hearing more people talk about health in that vein, because we do have so much more knowledge about what's happening in our body through access to experts, like, you know, hearing Marina talk or anything that we find online that even if it doesn't provide us an answer, it sort of prompts us to look for answers from, from an expert. So I'm just, um, yeah, we're here to help. We're here to serve is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. 
all the good info on how to take care of your body. Um, all right, Rach, um, thank you so much for popping on. Thank you to Marina. I do want to give one more quick shout out to our sponsor for this episode, vitaminandme.com. Think of them as the match.com for your vitamin routine. They pair you up with tested, lab tested and approved and pure vitamins and supplements for both you and your family. You take a quick quiz and you get a custom profile that will fit your nutritional needs. So go to vitaminandme.com. That's vitamin A N D me.com. And when you go through the quiz for your first purchase, if you enter code, we got to talk 30, you'll get 30% off of your first shipment of vitamins. So a huge thank you to vitamin and me for partnering on this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Love talking real with you on we got to talk and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe. Have a great week guys.